Welcome to Thoughts on the Market. I'm Graham Secker, Morgan Stanley's Chief European Equity Strategist. And I'm Jens Eisenschmidt, Morgan Stanley's Chief European Economist. And on this special episode of the podcast, we'll discuss our 2023 outlook for Europe's economy and equity market and what investors should pay close attention to next year. It's Monday, November the 28th at 3pm in London. So Jens, Europe faces multiple challenges right now. Inflation is soaring, energy supply is uncertain, and financial conditions are tightening. This very tricky environment has already impacted the economy of the euro area. But is Europe headed into a recession? And what is your growth outlook for the year ahead? So yes, we do see a recession coming. In year-in-year terms, we see negative growth of minus 0.2% next year. There's heterogeneity behind that. Germany is most affected. Of the large countries, Spain is least affected. In general, the drivers are that you mentioned. We have inflation that eats into real disposable income. That is bad for consumption. We have the energy situation, which is highly uncertain, which is not great for investment. And we do have monetary policy that's starting to get restrictive leading to a tightening in financial conditions, which is actually already priced into markets. And, you know, there's the transmission lack of monetary policy. So that leads to lower growth predominantly in 23 and 24. And maybe just to drill into the inflation side of that a little bit more specifically, do you expect inflation to rise further from here? And then when you look into the next 12 months, what are the key drivers of your inflation profile? So inflation will rise, according to our forecast, a little bit further but not by an awful lot. We really see it peaking in December on headline terms. Just to remind you, we had an increase to 10.7 in October. That was predominantly driven by energy and food inflation. So around 70% of that was energy and food. And of course, it's natural to look into these two components to see what's going to happen in the future. Here we think food inflation probably has still time to go because there is some delayed response to the input prices that have peaked already at some point past this year. But energy is probably flat from here or maybe even slightly falling, which then gets you some base effects, which will lead and are the main driver of our forecast for a lower headline inflation in the next year. Core inflation will be probably more sticky. We see 4% this year and 4% next. And here, again, we have these processes like food inflation, services inflation that react with some lag to input prices coming down. So it will take some time. Further out in the profile, we do see core inflation remaining above 2% simply because there will be a wage catch-up process. And with that core inflation profile, what does that mean for the ECB? What are your forecasts for the ECB's monetary policy path from here? We really think that the ECB needs to have seen the peak in inflation. And that's probably, you're right, both core and headline. We see a peak, as I said, in December, core similarly, but on a high level and, you know, convincingly only coming down afterwards. So the ECB will have to see it in the rear mirror and be very clear that inflation now is really falling before they can stop their rate hike cycle, which we think will be April. So we see another 50 basis point increase in December, 25, 25 in February and March for the ECB then to really stop its hiking cycle in April, having reached 2.5% on the deposit facility rate, which is already in restrictive territory. So Graham, turning to you, bearing in mind what I just said about the macro backdrop, how will it impact European equities, both near term and longer term? Having been bearish on European equities for much of this year, 
At the beginning of October, we shifted to a more neutral stance on European equities specifically. But we've had a pretty strong rally over the course of the last couple of months, which sets us up, we think, for some downside into the first quarter of next year. In my mind, I really have the profile that we saw in 2008, 2009 around the global financial crisis. Then equity valuations, the price to earnings ratio, troughed in October 08. The market rallied for a couple of months, but then as the earnings downgrades kicked in at the start of 2009, the actual index itself went back down to the lows. So it was driven by earnings. And that's what we can see happening again now. So perhaps Europe's PE ratio troughed at the end of September. But once the earnings downgrades start in earnest, which we think probably happens early in 2023, we can see that taking European equities back down towards the lows again. On a 12-month view from here, we see limited upside. We have 1% to 2% upside to our index target by the end of next year. But obviously, hopefully, if we do get that correction in the first quarter, then there'll be more to play for. We've just got to time that entry point. Right. So how should I, as an investor, be positioned then in the year ahead? So from a sector perspective, we would be underweight cyclicals. We think European earnings next year will fall by about 10%, and we think cyclicals will be the key area of earnings disappointment. So we want to be underweight the cyclicals until we get much closer to the economic and earnings trough. Having been positive on defensives for much of this year, we've recently moved them to neutral. We've upgraded the European tech sector, the med tech sector, and also luxury goods as well. So what are the biggest risks then to your outlook for 23, both on the positive and the negative side? So on the positive side, I'd highlight two. Firstly, we have the proverbial soft landing when it comes to the economic backdrop, whether that's European and or global. And it would be particularly helpful for equities if that was accompanied by a bigger downward surprise on inflation. So if inflation falls more quickly and growth holds up, that would be pretty positive for equity markets. A second positive would be any form of geopolitical de-escalation. That would be very helpful for European risk appetite. And then on the negative side, the first one would be a bigger profit recession. If earnings do fall 10% next year, which is our projection, that would be very mild in the context of previous downturns. So in our base case, we see European earnings falling 20%, not the 10% decline that we see in our base case. The other negative that I think a little bit about is whether or not what we've seen in the UK over the last couple of months could happen elsewhere, i.e. interest rates start to put more and more pressure on government finances and budget deficits, and we start to see a shift in that environment. So that could be something that could weigh on markets next year as well. But Jens, thanks for taking the time to talk today. Great speaking with you, Graham. And thanks for listening. If you enjoy Thoughts on the Market, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and share the podcast with a friend or colleague today. The preceding content is informational only and based on information available when created. It is not an offer or solicitation, nor is it tax or legal advice. It does not consider your financial circumstances and objectives and may not be suitable for you.